we're going to take off today. Jesus said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. We are the church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. They're not going to overcome us. Satan's not going to overcome us. He's not going to rule the world. Jesus is king of kings and lord of lords. His kingdom is forever, and we're part of his kingdom. Now, amen. In the world, there's a lot of bad things going on. and, And the national media, which is led by the devil, is going to portray what the devil's saying. So they're saying you lose and they win. I got news for them. They're wrong again as usual. They're wrong again as usual. People say, man, you can't say stuff like that. I just did. I already did. Look, if you're getting your information from the news, you're getting the wrong information. They can't even tell you what the temperature's going to be tomorrow, and they're trying to tell you what's going to happen 100 years from now. Amen. So I'm just, I'm going to say, let's get into the word of God and let's find out what God has to say to us. And let's be led by his word and his spirit. And we'll turn out right where God wants us to turn out. Amen. Amen. We'll be victorious over death, hell, and the grave, just like Jesus was and is. Amen. One thing that takes place in a covenant, I'm going to talk about just a little bit about a covenant agreement because we're talking about the gates of hell not prevailing, if we don't understand who we are in Christ, if we don't understand that God is in charge and he is in control, then we may begin to believe the lies of the devil. And it's bad when you believe a lie. You know, has anybody in here ever told a lie? Come on, raise your hands. Every one of us. Matt's lying right here. He said, no. (laughs) We've all told lies, and I remember my mom say, the people that lie are going to go to hell. And there's scripture that talks about liars that have their part in the lake of fire. All of us have lied, so apparently all of us are going to wind up in the lake of fire. Oh, no. See, Jesus did something on our behalf to take care of the lies that we all told. You can be forgiven of telling a lie... But it's really, what's really harder than telling a lie is believing a lie. When you believe a lie, it will mess with you from now on. And if you keep believing a lie, it'll keep messing with you. Amen. Let's, let's learn, and, and I think it's the church's fault for not having taught covenant, covenant with God and what covenant is. And I'm not going to teach covenant today but i want to start talking about covenant and set it up for the near future i think we'll do like a four-week teaching on covenant blood covenant what it means one thing that takes place in a covenant agreement is garments are exchanged okay you say what's that got to do with this in first samuel 18 Verses 3 and 4, it says, Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him and gave it to David. 
and his garments, even to his sword, to his bow, and to his girdle. Guys wore girdles back then. That's why they look so slim. <laughs> that ain't in the Bible. <laughs> I'm just checking on y'all to see if y'all are awake this morning. We are now. They exchange garments and, and the power and authority that you have when you enter covenant. It's, marriage is a covenant. When you enter covenant, you might have been a rich man. Now your wife's a rich woman. You might have been broke when you married your wife and now your wife's broke. See, who we are, we become one. Basically, covenant is two becoming one. Two becoming one. Just a simple fact that when we entered covenant with the Lord God Almighty, we became one with Him. See, if the church, if we will just get a good understanding of what took place when we entered covenant, when we said, I do... You remember in Ephesians, it talks about wives, submit yourselves to your own husband as unto the Lord. And it goes on, husbands, love your wives and, and, you know, take care of them. Look over them. Love them the way Christ loved the church and gave himself for us, the church. At the end of that passage, it says, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. So it's covenant relation is like a marriage, only God don't give up on us. Right. He stays with his word and whatever we do, he sticks to his word. We can go out on him, he still loves us. We can divorce him. He still loves us. He'll take us back. There's so many scriptures in the Old Testament blows our minds. Hosea and Gomer. It's like, why did he marry her? Because God's trying to get a point across that we were like Gomer. What a name. (laughs) We were like Gomer. We weren't worth much. But God told Hosea, go marry her. Yeah, that story, man, if you can understand the love of God for us, the church, and understand that he entered covenant with us a long time ago, and by faith, we can enter into this covenant that he's already provided through his son, Jesus. In covenant, there's always shedding of blood. Animal sacrifices under the old covenant, they would sacrifice animals and and bring their bodies up and and they would do rituals in the bodies and blood was shed and all those things and people would come together and walk in a figure eight infinity two becoming one inseparable and whatever a if two people entered into a covenant if one man owned a lot of land and cattle and sheep and this other man entered covenant with him, they all became one. Everything they had belonged to each other. And if you broke covenant, you died. 
So to get out of the covenant with God would mean death to us. And people are dying every day. People are being destroyed every day. And I believe a lot of it's because we don't understand the covenant that God made with us through his son, Jesus Christ. I came to give you life. Devil said, I'm going to come, I'm going to steal, I'm going to kill, and I'm going to destroy. And many times the church gets in agreement with the devil and we talk stealing, killing, and destroying. We talk about how bad things are and it's getting worse. I'm telling you, we need to be binding the devil from bringing his stuff to us. Amen. Amen. All right, let me move right along. God desires for us, the church, to understand the covenant that we have with him. In Psalms 25, 14, it says, The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. He will show us his covenant. I I went to church for years, and I don't know if I ever heard the word covenant. Well, I heard new covenant, old covenant. That's as far as I knew. And, and they didn't know nothing about the old covenant and they didn't know nothing about the new covenant. So they couldn't teach me. And I'm not running them down. A lot of us here today don't have a good understanding of covenant, old and new. Amen. The new covenant is better. It says it's based on better promises. So there is an old covenant, but there is a new covenant. And if today we're a part of the new covenant. It's a covenant of grace. It's a covenant of love, of acceptance. God says, you just come to me by faith and I'll give you that grace that uh, Matt was talking about during transition. We're saved by grace through faith. We enter this covenant through God's grace by faith. If we don't hear anything about covenant, we'll never have faith to believe that God accepts us like a bride for himself without spot, without wrinkle. You say, yeah, but I'm not without spot and I'm not without wrinkle. When he marries you, you're without spot and you're without wrinkle. He cleanses you from all unrighteousness and makes you whole. And he makes me whole too. (laughs) Praise God. See, he does something in this covenant on, a, on our behalf and for us. Really, when we enter into the covenant with God, all we really need to do is just give him ourself. Our biggest problem is we like us too good to let him have us. <laughs> let me say that again. Our biggest problem is we like us too good to let him have us. Yeah, but you can't have this. This is antique. Talking about your wife, you know, just like, oh, Lord, and gee, see, my wife's not here today. They're in hot springs and letting the girls swim and stuff. Don't, oh, you're filming this. Oh, Lord, Jesus. <laughs> you know, we, we'll give God some of our stuff and we'll let God have part of our heart, but God just wants all of it. The biggest problem that we have when we don't give ourselves to God is what we have is it's very little compared to what God wants to give us. Whatever we have to offer into covenant 
is not worth nearly as much as we gain from giving it to God and allowing him to give us what he has already planned for us. Yeah, but I'm going to hang on to this and I'm going to hang on to that. I'm going to hang on to this. Somebody say, ouch. (laughs) Two becoming one. Your wealth is my wealth. Your enemies are now my enemies. Your strength is now my strength. Wouldn't it be cool to be strong as God? Yes. Guess what? If you're one with him, he has made you like him. We become one spirit with the Lord through relationship with him entering covenant. You say, well, I'm not strong, but he is. Now, I'm going to get off on the old Western movies. You remember when the Indian chief would ride up and the cavalry had come up and the Indian chief would go, how? Anybody ever saw any of them old Western movies? Some of y'all are like, I don't like them Western movies. That's what's the matter with you. <laughs> That's funny. I don't care who you are. <laughs> and, and you remember... Uh, in Josie, outlaw Josie Wells, Clint Eastwood made a covenant with that Indian guy. They cut their hands with a knife, and held hands, blood brothers now. They entered a covenant. And so they protected each other. And they quit fighting against each other. But these old Westerns, the Indians would walk up there and hold their hand up. And they was letting these cavalry know you remember in their hands, they would have a cut. And we're in covenant with Kimo Sabi over the hill. You mess with us, I'm going to holler out. I'm going to get on my phone. And I'm going to call him up. See, there's more to us than meets the eye. When we're in covenant with God, we have his name and his word and his power working on our behalf. Even the angels of the Lord are sent about to do what he, his word says. We just need to say what his word says. The angel's like, oh, okay, you're in covenant, so I'll go. You're a covenant person, so I'll go perform what God said to do. But if we're not in covenant... God is not obligated to do anything on our behalf. And the angels know who's in covenant. And they know the voice of the Lord. And the voice of a stranger, they won't follow. If we'll give God our weaknesses, he will give us his strength. If we give him our sin, he will give us his righteousness. If we'll give him our poverty, he will give us his prosperity. If we'll give him our all, he will give us his all. If we will just lay down our lives and pick his life up, we're going to be a whole lot better off. And this is how the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. If the church is saying what the devil's saying, if the church is in agreement with the world, 
the church is putting on themselves a curse because we're not walking in faith. We're not doing what the Word of God. Now, please understand, I'm not condemning. I'm saying if we're not doing the Word of God, the will of God, and accepting what He's done for us already, many Christians are sitting and waiting on Jesus to come back, and they think that's the big day. It is a big day. But I'm telling you, there's been a big day when he hung on the cross. And then there was a big day when he rose from the dead. And there was another big day when he ascended to the Father. He accomplished all of this covenant when he shed his blood on our behalf and took it to the mercy seat in the the heavens. Here's my blood shed for the remission of sins. His blood wiped away every sin that we ever have done, are doing, or will do. That's pretty good English. His blood is sufficient. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. He takes care of all of our problems if we'll just give them to him. If we'll give him all of our problems, he'll give us all of his answers. Remember when your kids came in with arithmetic problems? They don't even call it that no more. It's probably algebra in the second grade. And they come in and they're like, I don't understand this. And they give me a copy of it. And I'm like, I don't understand it either. And their mama, she understood it better than I did. But we did a lot of praying when the kids had homework. But see, God has all the answers. We need to learn to go to him to solve the problems that we face in this life. We need, instead of trying to figure out how are we going to do this, we need to just stop doing what we're doing and go directly to Him. God, what do I need to do? We all, many times, try to solve all the problems that the world has, and we're miserable at it. And the world looks at us and they're like, they're miserable. Instead of just going to Him and Praying, Lord, give us direction. Give us instruction. What do we do today? And you say, yeah, but I need, I need an answer right now because I'm in a mess. We need to have faith to believe that God can give us the answer. And he can give it to us right now. But you know what? God's not as anxious as we are. He's not all been out of shape about what's going on in New York City. He knew it was going to happen. But I'm telling you, the body of Christ has been put on this earth to solve some problems instead of be a part of it. We can't get in agreement with what's going on in the world system today and wonder why it's still falling apart when we're in the middle saying it's falling apart. Amen. We need to get in the middle of this thing and bind some things on earth and God will bind them in heaven and loose some things on earth. And I'll get to my scriptures here in just a moment. But God wants us to give us, all of us, to him so that he can give all of him to us. All of it. 
Yeah, but you know, I don't know if I can trust him or not. What? (laughs) I don't know if he really loves me or not. Just let me give you the answer to that wondering. God so loved the world, that's us, that he, God, gave his son, Jesus, so that he would die on the cross for our sin. Okay, so God proved his love for us by giving his son, Jesus. Well, I wonder if Jesus loved us. Jesus loved us so much, he said, I'll go get on the cross. So he proved God and the son, Jesus, proved his love on our behalf by doing and fulfilling the will of God. Amen. So the way we're going to prove that we love God is we're going to fulfill Whatever the purpose is that he's put in our heart, if we will fulfill that, we will bring glory to God. Amen. Amen. God wants the church not not rioting, not throwing a fit, but in, in the name of Jesus, rebuking the devil that's trying to take territory. God gave us dominion on the earth. He didn't give the devil dominion. Man gave the devil dominion. God, through Jesus, came back and bought back everything we lost and said, now you still have dominion, use it. Amen. Yeah, but I don't know. Man, the prodigal son come home to his daddy and his daddy received him and gave him a ring to put up on his hand, the signet. In other words, the ring was like a checkbook. That dude got a double portion, if you think about it. He got his portion, took off and blew it, come back and started getting part of the brother's portion. That's why the brother's so mad at him. (laughs) I can't believe that. He done blowed all his money. Now he's coming back getting part of mine. God's got plenty. See, we get all bent out of shape because somebody blew it and then they come back. They got on drugs. Thank God they got off of drugs and came back. Amen. Yeah, but they was out doing this and they was out doing that. And the reason you knew it, you was probably out there taking pictures of it. (laughs) Hello. See? Yeah. Which one of us has no sin? We all have sin. And we all have fallen short of the glory of God. But all of us have been forgiven. We just need to understand what he's done for us, not what we did against him. See, the enemy will try to keep us thinking about everything we did wrong, and he don't want us thinking about everything Jesus did right. I better get my scriptures. Ephesians 6, start with verse 10. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Because you can't be strong in your name and the power of your might. It's his might. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The strategies of the devil. That's implements. That armor is implement or utensil or tool. It's literally or figuratively, especially offensive for war god gives us armor for war now if you don't know 
for the last few months, well, for the last hundred years, but for really for the last few months, we're in a battle. The church is in a battle. And if we don't know we're in a a battle, then we're not going to be fighting correctly. And if we think that our politicians are going to solve the problem that they've created, we're wrong there too. Amen. I better read some more scripture here before I get off on verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, so we're not wrestling against the politicians, but the spirit that some of them have. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Those things I just read off, we're wrestling against them. We are. The church, the body of Christ that has put on the whole armor of God, that's strong in the power of his might, has a battle to do. And it's against the principalities and the powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. People say, I'm scared of all them things. No, you're not. You're in the power of his might. And we're here to fight against those principalities and powers. Unfortunately, many people are allowing those principalities and powers and the rulers of darkness to enter them. And many of them are in leadership positions over this country that are making laws that's willing to kill babies at birth and rejoicing over it. I don't think God's really impressed with that. Abortion's wrong, period. But now we just, it's like now, it's all the way up to birth. See, it started out, if you give the devil an inch, he'll take a mile. And, and he'll push his agenda till everything's crazy. It's time the body of Christ say, no more. Amen. And be willing to stand up and, and say what the word of God says. You know, when Jesus was born, they were out killing babies, trying to stop the Messiah from coming. Moses was a little boy, and the devil knew, man, there's some deliverers coming here. I need to kill all the boys because I know, I've heard through the grapevine that there's a deliverer coming. So I'm telling you that we've been, we, not us. The world has been aborting babies, and it's, I don't know how many million now, like 60 million, I think. Since 1973, Wade versus Roe. 60 million. There's something going on other than just killing babies. This is a spiritual battle that we're facing. They're doing stuff with those babies. I won't get into that. They're, they're doing stuff that's, it's ungodly what they're doing to, to kill the babies, but it's really ungodly what they're doing with the babies. So my point is this. There's people that are on TV, in your face, glorifying, killing babies. And it don't stop there. 
It goes on and on and on. And 10 years ago, we would have ran them all off. But we've been talked to for 10 years saying everything's cool. This is normal. So we begin to receive and accept normal what the devil's doing. I'm telling you, it's supernatural what the devil's doing. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and wake up. We need to come after the devil in the name of Jesus because we have the whole armor of God. And we're wrestling against the devil. We need to fight against the principalities that's been ruling and the darkness that's been ruling over this country. This country is blessed of God. And regardless of what anybody says, it is a Christian nation. Period. It was bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ, and it was established on Judeo-Christian principles. Just because a devil comes in and says, it ain't no more and we're going to take over, it's a lie, and we ain't believing no lie. Moving right along. Verse 13, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand... In the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand, therefore. Have your loins girt about with truth, having on, your, on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you may be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation... And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, all this stuff, the armor is to put on to protect us against the enemy. The shield of faith that we might be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So when he comes against us, we have a shield of faith that quenches how many? Oh, so he don't win some and lose some? You know... If we just win one every now and then, we're okay. God wants us to win one every time we get in a battle with the devil. He wants us to put up a shield of faith and quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and not one get through. Not one. The fiery darts of the wicked one has been coming against America, been coming against our babies, been coming against our fathers. Let's let's take the fathers out of the home. And let's let's take care. Let's the government. Let's take care. I'm telling you, the government can't even take care of their self. You say, man, you sound like you're against the government. I'm against what's going on in our government. This is a free world that we live in. The United States of America is the best country on the face of the earth. And we're being told how sorry we are by politicians We're not sorry. We never have been sorry. Yeah, there's been a lot of people doing wrong things. But I'm telling you, Jesus Christ shed his blood for the remission of sin. And if we'll just get hooked up with Jesus, we're forgiven. Oh, no man, nothing but to love him, the Bible says. Jesus paid our pardon. He paid for it. And we're trying to get everybody else to pay for their sin. And I'm telling you, you can't pay for yours. Jesus paid for yours. Amen. We're, see, we're throwing this stuff out. You got to do this and you got to do that. And all these works. If you'll do this, then we'll love you. No, you won't. You hate us and you're always going to hate us, devil. 
Don't bow down to the devil. Verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. And Paul said, and for me, praying for the saints and for me. Paul was telling the church to pray for him that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. I would to God that every minister in the United States of America would open their mouth boldly and proclaim the mysteries of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. What you preachers, y'all just hate everybody. That's what the devil says. See, the devil don't like the church and he don't like somebody coming against him because he, he likes a free ride. He likes to do what he wants to do without any opposition. And the only thing that can stop the devil is the body of Christ, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're the one holding back darkness. You know why? Because we're the light of the world. And if we'll let our light shine, darkness will not penetrate into the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. He, he tries his trickery, the strategies, the wiles of the devil. And the Bible says we can conquer all of that. That we can put up a shield of faith. And faith comes by hearing the word of God. We hear what God says, and we're not afraid to do what God's word tells us to do. You don't have to hate people to accomplish what God wants done. Amen. You love people, but you got to understand it's the devil that's working through many people that's trying to bring destruction to this country trying to make you hate me and me hate you and this group against that group. That's division and it's not God. God came to bring unity and peace on this earth. The devil came to bring division. Amen. When I ended last week, I was talking about the mask. I'm not against you if you wear a mask. I don't wear them as much as I can. I had to one time I went to a funeral and it was in Arkansas and they asked if we wear a mask. I put a mask on, but I did it to honor the family, not the government that's telling us the mask is going to save us. I see people wearing underwear over their face at Walmart. It's funny. I mean, it's like, oh, so... This is going to stop whatever. But I'm tell, I'm not mad at you. Wear a mask. It's okay. You can come in here and wear a mask. I'm not mad at you. But I'm telling you, the government is trying to pull some wool over our eyes and tell us we got to do this and do this and do this. And I'm free. I'm just free. They're, while they're trying to come up with a cure for a coronavirus, there already has been one for a long, long time. The Lord Jesus Christ bore the stripes on his back that we might be healed. That he, he said, he said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Now, he's got some benefits, and if we're in covenant with him, the benefits come to us. 
who forgiveth all of your iniquities, who healeth all of your diseases. Well, but I'm going to have to believe what they're saying. And so when I believe what they say, that means I don't believe what he says. I'm going with him. I'm going with with Jesus. 1 Samuel 17, verse 38. Saul armed David with his armor. Now listen to this. Remember, in covenant, you exchange garments. Saul armed David with his armor, and he put a helmet of brass upon his head. Also, he armed him with a coat of mail, and David girded his sword upon his armor, and he essayed to go, for he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off. You say, I read that, don't mean nothing to me. He just couldn't wear it because it was too big. Let me try to tell you something about covenant. Saul was trying to enter into a covenant with David. He knew David had the anointing of God upon him, and he wanted to enter a covenant with David. And David put it on and decided, you know what? I ain't making a covenant with this guy. I'm putting it off. And he went with the armor of God and the wisdom of God and defeated the giant. And we start trying to put on somebody else's armor because they tell us this is what we need to do. I ain't taking that covenant. I'm not making covenant with these people that are trying to destroy this country. You say, what's that got to do with the mask? I'm just telling you, I I tried it on. It don't fit me. Amen. Say, well, you're just rebellious. Well, that's what they thought about David, and that's what Goliath thought. And guess what happened to Goliath? What I'm saying is, we, the body of Christ, have authority over every devil that's trying to come against us in Jesus' name. If we'll use the name of Jesus and believe what the Word of God says, we'll have whatever we say. That's just scripture. I like it that David didn't enter a covenant with, with Saul. And just a few days later, he enters a covenant with Saul's son, Jonathan. Now, I'm going to talk about covenant in, in a couple of weeks. I think I'll start out with the covenant deal, but a teaching on that. But listen, Saul was the king. Jonathan was Saul's son that was next to be king. And David didn't enter into the kingship by hook and crook, and he didn't steal the votes. He didn't maneuver his way around to become the king. God appointed him king long before he walked in the kingship. But Jonathan, the man that would be the next king, shared his garments with David And said, I make a covenant with you, which sealed it that whatever I am, you are now. So David was set up to be king in the natural realm, even before it was in the spirit realm. He didn't come against the king in order to become the king. That'll sink in. When we get a good understanding of covenant, we realize... 
I'm going to let God put me in a kingship. I start trying to be king before my time. See, I believe this. This is just my opinion. I'm out of time. I believe this. I believe that Saul represents flesh. And he's ruling and he's reigning. He's got it made. He wasn't doing a very good job. So God, through Samuel, said, Saul, you're losing your kingdom, and I'm giving it to a man greater than you, David. So Saul was acting king. David was appointed king. Saul had lost his kingdom, still standing in the position of king. And David is waiting on God to step into the kingship. He didn't ever come against Saul. Saul tried to kill David 22 times recorded in the Bible. Saul was trying to kill him. That would be like for us. We'd be like, he tried to kill me, so I killed him. He said, touch not the Lord's anointed, neither do his prophets no harm. We need to wait on the Lord. And I believe that when Saul actually killed himself, he was wounded. And his sons lost their life in battle. And Saul fell on his sword and killed himself. Now guess who is king? David, who already was king, was waiting on Saul the flesh to die so Jesus the king in him could stand up and rule and reign. And I'm telling you, when you get born again... Jesus is in you, but you have to give yourself up and die the flesh before he, the spirit of God, can rule and reign through you. I'm telling you, there's a whole lot in covenant. And I'm just trying to tell you, give up yourself and get a hold of what he's got for you. It's a whole lot greater than anything you have. Amen. Man, I still got two weeks of teaching. And I may not get to that because I really feel like we need to go down the line of covenant. Let me pray for us before we go home. And like always, if you need prayer before you leave, you come up here and we'll pray for you. I want to say we love you guys. I want you to be here as often as you can because hopefully I'm going to come up with some notes on covenant. And I'm going to go one, two, three, and I'm going to stick to it. Stick to the covenant teaching. Because, hey, if you want to hear a different sermon, stay for the 11 (laughs) o'clock. Two sermons in one day. Let me pray. Praise God. Father, I thank you and I praise you for your goodness. I thank you for the covenant that Jesus made on our behalf. Father, help us to understand it. Enter into it by faith that we're a part of your covenant. If we be Abraham's seed, then are we heirs of the promise. We're heirs of the covenant according to the promise. Father, thank you that you've given us an inheritance in your kingdom. Everything that you have, whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We bind the devil from taking over our country. We loose the ministering spirits of God in his people that we would say the right things to bring many people into the kingdom of God. And I give you praise, glory, and honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.